It's the Vegas Toy Squadcast, starring Vegas Toy Squad. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 33 of the Vegas Toy Squadcast. <laughs> welcome. There is much rejoicing going on in this mug. 33, <laughs> now that's a big number. Yes, it is. We haven't talked about numbers for a while. We haven't, but that is a big number. Do you know why? Yeah, but I don't want to get into it. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> My reasons might not be the same as yours. I'm thinking theological. Oh, okay. Ah. It's a numeral, numerologically, it's a master number. Oh, see? There you and, go. And uh, we all know Walt Disney was a member of Club 33. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. true. So there's we, your tie-in. So, but we, we can't get into that because it's not that kind of show. That's right. So. That's a different squad cast. Yes. Mm. It's a different squad. Anyway, thanks for joining us. My name is Rick. I'm Frank. I'm Rob. And I'm Patty. We have a very special guest today. Hmm. Ross is with us. Hello. Everybody say hello to Ross. Hi, Ross. Hello. Ross, tell us about yourself. Uh, so I am an avid board game enthusiast and a, uh, a sculptor by trade. So Ooh, An artiste in the room. Yeah. And well, another teacher. Yes. Right? Yes. You, did you not want to bring that fact up? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> We All put right. the two artistes together. They're in the middle. Yes. Yeah. Where <laughs> does they that make be? us? Uh, the bread. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're artistic, just in different ways. Let's say we're the meat, but there's too many vegans in the room. You might get oh. offended. Oh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Again, so. Fair enough. Any negative comments directed towards Frank? There you yeah. go. As usual. Uh, well, yes, we're talking today about board games. Or yes. games in general, I guess. Mm -hmm. All kinds of games, but uh, not the video kind. Fun and games. Uh, mm -hmm. But first... Until someone loses an eye. Aww. <laughs> this went dark all of a sudden. It's a heavy night. I think it's because of all this dark crystal watching. Ooh. That is so well, hey, stuff. let's talk about dark crystal. Anybody else watching that show? Oh, yeah. We're watching it. I just yeah. haven't got past episode two yet because I started watching Titans and... Oh really? Oh. Well, maybe I guess we have to start that. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll pass the Blu-ray your way. Ross, oh. Dark Crystal. <laughs> I haven't I haven't had time. All right. Frank, <laughs> you're not. Uh, um, you I'm yet. still catching up on a lot of things, and uh, Dark Crystal is going to take a lot of my time. Yeah. So yeah, it's so I, I I watched the first episode, and I can't tell you what it was about because that's I was right. too we busy. Talked, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Last episode about the dynamics of it, and I just oh, was obsessed with all so of good. it. So good. It's a, it's, it's incredible. Beautiful. <laughs> it's it is. really it's a beautiful. We have show. three episodes left. Ooh. And then I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I know. You got to wait till season two. <laughs> Maybe start watching The Boys. <laughs> no, no they're finished. They're finished. finished. Oh, yeah, yeah, we finished The Boys. Yeah. I don't know. You finished Were you, I mean, were you here for episode yet. 32? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were. You were. <laughs> I might have been. Physically. Yeah. So, might have been. <laughs> sorry. Aww. So I'm going to start. I'm excited with what I brought to the table. What did you bring to the table today, Rob? <laughs> Mega Constructs is killing it. That is pretty cool. Although uh, Rick brought up the point. Uh, what, I, what I'm bringing is the uh, Mega Constructs Game of Thrones set. And it's uh, Jon Snow and the Night One of King. several. Yeah, there are a couple uh, sets out. But the point Rick made is... These just came out. September 15th was the release date. Mm -hmm. The show, the series finale was a couple of months ago. May. Like, yeah, a while ago. Yeah, May. Yeah. Was, is there a timing thing? Issue you know, here? it's like... <laughs> yeah. 
You wait to put the toys out for the show after the show is canceled. That's Maybe true. it's to keep the the hype up for the for all the, the, no, for the, the extra Maybe. stuff. Yeah, but this anyways, this I mean, Lego just can't look at these figures. Look at these minifigures. Lego can't compare. They are the detailed for minifigs. I'll give. you I mean, that part. looks like Jon Snow. It does. So, anyways. Uh, very cool, and we also had to get because we're big Game of Thrones fans and big Ross is dying because Ross is an avid Lego collector too. I'm, I'm so I'm not alone in the Lego. I think, I think he beats me. I think, I think he has me beat. So yeah. All right, but Lego doesn't have Daenerys and Drogon. No, the, the, the room went silent when you guys, you guys all looked upon this. And everybody's jaw dropped. It is. That's a room went silent. This is true. If you're just listening, jaws are on the floor. It's it's really a cool set. That I is. mean, it, you know, it was a little pricey, but uh, for Game of Thrones and building sets fans, I don't know if Lego's ever going to get the license. I, don't, I mean, it's oh, a, it's too adult. But, but they, yeah. uh, before we move on, how, how large is that wigs, wingspan on that dragon? <laughs> Nearly three feet. It's huge. Yeah, it's <laughs> and the wow, wings are huge. the wings are like a fabric. So it uh, once I we get it built, thank you. Uh, we will post pictures. Very nice. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be cool. But I'm curious, though, because LEGO has been doing a lot more 14 plus, like, even event builds and right. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 14 related sets. So. so we'll see. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> their, their latest series of blind bag minifigs came out. So they have a shower guy, and it's hilarious. So, like, he comes with a little towel that you put around, but when you take the towel off, he's got bubbles covering... <laughs> It's one of the funniest minifigs I've ever seen. That's amazing. Man in shower? Man in shower, yeah. He comes with a little shower cap, a rubber duck, a back brush, and a... I'm sure everybody immediately takes the towel off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If it's not already on there. It's amazing. Yeah. That's pretty funny. We thought it was funny. So, uh, are they still protecting them so you can't feel? Like, have they mastered that? This one, I I only got six so far, and they weren't double-bagged. So, so you can tell. You can can feel for the rubber ducky. They're not Disney. Those were Disney, so. Oh, that's true. Right. And then these, um, they're pretty unique, so they each have pretty large unique pieces that you can mm-hmm. you can kind of figure out which one is which yeah you always double bag it when you rip Disney <laughs> yep <laughs> so that's it for me that's All what right. uh, that's what I'm excited about that's what I'm uh, gonna be working on here pretty All right. soon and Frank what did you bring to the table I brought an entire He-Man collection that was given to me by my friend Jim Kristoff and uh, this is his childhood collection and I went home for the, I don't know, about two weeks ago, and uh, he just brought it to my house when I was there and asked me if I wanted it, and I'm, of course. I mean, he's got almost all of them. I'd say almost all of them, but there's like, I don't know. How many in like the t- whole, Rick knows how many are in the whole collection. No, there's a lot. There's a uh, lot. Yeah, I don't know the exact number. I would, I I, would estimate I, you have about a third to a, yes. a fourth of them, yeah. A fourth of them? Yeah, okay. maybe. Well, because, you know, once Shira came out and the Hordak. That's that's a little half of, ones. yeah, that's yeah, a little Hordak. part of my, the collection. Well, now it's mine. It used to be Jim's. Thank you, Jim Kristoff. <laughs> Just uh, gifted it to you because he knew you're yeah, a toy he guy. Liked, he's a fan of our our uh, show and oh, cool. knows we hunts for toys. He hunts he hunts for toys for us sometimes too. 
So if he's a fan of the show and he br- he gave that to you to bring back, it's for us all to divide up evenly? Or I what? don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that afterwards. <laughs> That's very cool. And they they're this is what from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, the, sir. The original He-Man toy line. Original. Yeah, I got a few of the originals up front here. Just He-Man, Skeletor, and some of the some of Skeletor's uh, minions here. AKA partners. Who's Evil she? It's Evil Lynn. And uh, this figure always drove me crazy <laughs> because, like, this her staff was always like noodle well, like. Hey, like, put it. You know. Don't even. Yeah. I know what happens to some guys, Rob, but not in He Man. You know, well, might, it's I mean, probably getting up there in age. Know, it's, in you know. know. No, but in Wee Man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. I mean, that's very cool. They do live in Eternia, yeah, so. Yeah, they might be really old. So crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know something that will help with that. Well, yeah. With, with the, her noodly staff. Okay. <laughs> right. Is it a bomb or? <laughs> okay, so. Is this a moving on one? Yeah, moving on. Is this on. where you cue Rick to say moving on? Yeah. We're moving on now. We don't need a cue to say that. Rick, speaking of Jim Kristoff. <laughs> is that who brought this Marvel? Legends into my hands. Wow. It sure is. I tell you what, I have a love-hate relationship with Walgreens because they have some great exclusive Marvel Legends, but I'll be damned if we could find them anywhere here in Las Vegas. Mm-mm. There's no way. So this lovely Marvel Legends character, Emma Frost, she was just released what about a month ago or so, mm-hmm. and you know people post on the internet all the time. Oh, I found her here. I found her there. You know, I have yet to see her anywhere in Vegas. Our friend Jim, Jim Kristoff, he was, uh, he, uh, he saw one of Rick's posts on there and says, hey, Frank, what, uh, what Marvel figure we're looking for? I was like, wait a second, I don't collect Marvel figures. I didn't post anything in there. Was it, was it, uh, the Great Thorbowski one? <laughs> I'm like, that's the collect, the Build-A-Figure? Oh, the Build-A-Figure, yeah. I'm like, is that what you're talking about? He's like, no. And I'm like, I didn't see that Rick had oh, just yeah. posted, like, minutes before. It was but literally he saw minutes, it. Yeah. He saw it. He's like, I'm going to go look for that tonight. I'm out. And I was like, And okay. he found it. And was this Chicago? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chicago region. It's in Indiana, but it's, like, oh, okay. Chicago region. Yes. So, so, Frank had to fly back to... Oh, well, you went back to see family, right? I did, I did, I did. Not just for that. Not just for... No, I had to go, I had to go pick up his thing. <laughs> yeah. Pick up his action figure. Las Vegas is a literal wasteland when it comes to any of that stuff. Ma- Walgreens exclusive, mm-hmm. Target stuff, Walmart's... Uh, yeah, it's forget really about to see it. any of it's, that uh, over here. People are on top of it. There's Either that or, like... Because I actually talked... Because there's another... Walgreens exclusive that just came out about a week ago, the New Mutants Danny Moonstar, and I talked to one of the Walgreens people, and she's like, yeah, they didn't send any of us. Um, I'll tell you that story on the next Squadcast, because I should have that one in hand by next time, but I'll save that story for next time. That was another trip around the country. Okay. (laughs) The hunt. I know. The mad hunt. Crazy what we'll do for plastic, (laughs) especially when it has X-Men on it. (laughs) So that's what I brought to the table, courtesy of Jim Kristoff. Wow. Jim, so thank you, Jim. We I really do appreciate it. That was cool. Yeah, I'm Very next, cool. Jim. <laughs> I like Boba Fett. Uh... Don't buy him Boba Fett. He probably already has. Uh, yeah, it. I probably don't need it. But yeah, that's cool. Thank you. But any other fans who are out there who want to hook up the squad with yeah, stuff, we you appreciate know, it. I do need the. San Diego uh, exclusive, the Hasbro Boba Fett that oh, came did out. You, you didn't get any when it was no. released? Released on Hasbro Pulse 
Yeah, uh, sold out. And, and sold out in literally like 10 seconds. Yeah, there were people ridiculous. who said, I put it in my cart, I went to check out, and then when I checked out, it was sold out. Yeah. How is that even possible? I, it happens I wrote, all the time on Hasbro Pulse, though. It's I wrote like, them a, a nasty email, and I got a real sweet reply saying, you know, we're working to try to improve our systems. You know, it's like... It's a sweet number one. If you sold... <laughs> huh? Sweet number one salute? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Why don't they like money? Why do they not want the thousands and thousands of people they who do. ended up not being able to buy these figures to buy them? I don't yeah, understand I don't the strategy. It. They do because people. people they don't are make money on the aftermarket. Yeah, they don't make it on the secondary market. I know, you but know. they have people still buying their toys. Like, oh, well, I couldn't find Boba Fett. Maybe I'll buy this. Oh, I don't know. I went and couldn't find it and was pissed off and closed my browser and, you know, sold. Was it. <laughs> but it's like, you know. Classic rock. I mean, if you're going to make if you're going to make 10,000 of a man, make 20,000 and you're going to sell them all. What's the difference? Good point. All right. No, I agree. I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. Did you purge? I think so. Yeah. You all good? So, but anyways, yeah, if anybody has one of those, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm willing, almost willing to trade my, uh, celebration X-Wing Luke Skywalker for a Boba Fett. Well, you have multiples of those, don't no, you? No, I only oh, have you one. only have one? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I brought big. three back. All righty then. Only have one left. <laughs> that's the big, the big Black Series figure. Right, yeah. Wants. I have yeah. one. If somebody wants to trade me for a Boba Fett, we can talk. Wow. All right. There you go. You heard it here on the Squadcast. Right on. <laughs> Ross, what did you bring to the table? Uh, well, I brought us a, a bunch of games. Um, this one, <laughs> there's a, just piles, but we're surrounded by games. We are. We're really everywhere there are games. I wish you guys, we could pan or something because there are boxes of games all over the place. take a picture of all the games. Maybe right. we could insert some photos here for the video for Definitely. those of you who are watching. Definitely. But uh, the one that's in front of me right now, this one's Hero Quest. This is actually uh, Chris Tomlinson's. Uh, oh okay. Uh, one, yeah, uh, mine's great. in storage right now, but it's by far one of my favorite games from uh, the '90s, uh, '80s, '90s era, golden age of games, and it's uh, it was one of the first ones to really introduce high detailed miniatures, and it's uh, I'm just excited to have it in front of me. It's, it's so, always exciting. Yeah, to, it's, it's so much fun. Right it's cool. It's great. It's it really is. fun it's to really play. Really cool artwork. And... Looks like Frazetta painted the yeah looks cover. Like, uh -huh. Looks like Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yep. Orcs and trolls and stuff. That's really cool. They got them all. <laughs> and when is this from? Uh, this was uh, right from the Golden Age. So this came out in 1990. Um, but it was right around that same time that you had uh, Fireball Island releasing, the original Fireball Island. Uh, you had um, Thunder Road was coming out, uh, Dark Tower. You had a bunch of iconic games. And we'll get to that, I believe, later on. But it was from one of those, those golden eras in, in board gaming. I don't ever recall having seen that, but... I want it now. It's cool. I'm going to put it in my eBay. Uh... <laughs> Good luck, sir. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Patricia, do you have anything you want to share? I do, actually. Um, we have been playing a lot of games of late, which is part of where this topic came from. And by far one of my favorites that I've played lately is the new one. Uh, well, it's not that new anymore, but it came out at the end of last year from... Disney um, and Ravensburger, Villainous. I've heard of it. Uh, we played it the other night with Rick and his lovely wife Kim and his daughter Maddie, and we had a really 
good time, except that it was complicated and a little bit long, mm-hmm. but it was our very first time playing it. Then we played it the next night with our daughter, and it went a little better. Um, so I definitely want to play more. I'm obsessed with it. They have two expansion packs. I want those, please, pretty please, for Christmas. <laughs> um, so, uh, Jim? you know. I'm just so enthralled with it, and uh, I want to play as all the different villains and kind of learn them all. So, yeah, it was fun. I I liked it. I mean, like you said, it lasted like about three hours, (laughs) but you know, we were learning the game as we we were. were playing, and you know, you think, okay, you play a game for three hours, you probably don't want to see that game again, but. No, right away we all started talking about okay. Well, next time we play, right? You know what strategies are we gonna? I know you probably have something. Oh, there's some. I know for like eight hours, yeah. twelve hours. I know. Ross is like three hours. Three hours. That's, 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 a, that's a filler game. What are you talking about? It, 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 technically, I think it, it has like almost twelve hundred hours worth of like playtime. Which it's a, one? It's a campaign. The one behind you. That's King a, of death. No. The oh, huge wow. bots. Yeah, wow. Eventually, bring. That's in. a job. Yeah. Wow. It's. Uh, Wow. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited for that and for what else uh, comes What from. lies ahead with Villainous. Yes. We, uh, we had it for a long time, and we always thought it's so complicated, like everybody said. But it wasn't. It's not, it's not that complicated to learn, but it's sort of complicated to play. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot you have to think about, mm. and I don't want to just do a whole thing about it, but you're, you have a character, then you have all of these different things you have to be aware of, about your character and each person is so individualized so your gameplay hmm. might be different from, well it will be different from my gameplay and it'll be different from his gameplay and everybody's gameplay is different so in that sense it's kind of intriguing but then it's like there's just a lot to keep track of and then you need to be aware of what everyone's objective is so that you can try and defeat them right. so there's just a lot that you're multitasking with I think but I'm up for the challenge. I think it's it's that kind of a level. It's taking it a little bit deeper. So much detail, though, down to everything. I mean, it's just... Well, it's Disney, so... Oh, it's just perfect. So when we played it last night, we found a villain's playlist on Spotify from oh, Disney. And we had that going just to create more mood, and it was awesome. awesome. <laughs> I think, too, like, we have experience with card games and the mechanics yes. of those different games. So I think that helped us a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's what I said to Robert okay. after. I was like, thank God we played with them the first time because they kind of helped fill in where we were scratching our head going, we can't find that in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys are seasoned game players, so you were able well, to help us. Obviously not if I think three hours is a long time. <laughs> well, seasoned. I didn't Hollywood. say maestro. I guess I'm just an amateur. <laughs> I dabble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't caught on by now, you know we're talking about games. So we're just going to get right into Ooh. the heat of the subject, I'm assuming, since we're all... Anything else bringing to the table? Table's already brought. That's it. Table's been brought. All right, what? table's been brought. What was the very first game? Do we know that? The very first game. So the very first game, well, it's a debate between two. So there's Sanat, which is an Egyptian game. Sanat? Uh, Sanat. Oh, okay. uh, and it's uh, Sinat, Sinat, uh goes various between, but it was an Egyptian game. A lot of the early games came from Mesopotamia, that area and region. Um, so you had that, which was about uh, 3000 BC, and then there was the g- royal game of Ur, which originated around Babylon and around 2000 BC. And both are kind of very similar in terms of style and gameplay. But what's the most fascinating about at least those two games is that the rules we have come from various time periods. So they've 
lasted millennia with, uh, between those games. But we have little tablets from various regions with rules. But then even on some of the tablets, there's house rules. Which so it's like crazy how even some of the first board games oh. have house rules. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> kind of like beer pong. <laughs> <laughs> so those are least like the first two major ones. Uh, but it's it's really interesting. Like even um, think about like backgammon. Uh, uh, all those That's came crazy. out from uh, from that from one the region. fertile crescent. Yeah, is that what it, they yeah. call that? Region? It just and it's it's amazing how most of the board games came from there. And then in oh. terms of like Eastern, there's uh, quite a lot of uh, Buddhist games uh, that were around, but most part. We consider the whole entire. Uh, what would you compare that to, Ross? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like is there like anything close to it that you can um, possibly compare it to? Beer pong. Beer besides in, beer pong. In and, a way, they you know. they were a little bit different than chess. A lot of them were um, overtake games, so it's it was kind of a race. Okay. Whoever gets to the to the finish line. Sort of st- strategic, board. like, a, a, like almost mahjong or yeah war um, kind of things or. It was very. It it was more akin to to. It, it's almost a race game, but it was uh, very much had. Some of them had die rolling variants, coin flipping, a lot, lot of uh, random chance. Um, Egyptians had. We know they had all kinds of die, even down to like a four sided right. die. Um, but a lot of their original board games were die based and random, which is, I think is crazy that you know here we are now yeah. still using die. Five thousand years like, later, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> still so. tossing the. Passing the dice. Passing the cubes. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, so at least from like history wise, that's that's the origin. That's incredible. <laughs> that's that's really incredible. Fascinating. I had no idea. Have <laughs> games uh, ever been bigger than they are right now? Um, so it's um it's hard to think because I think in terms of mass popularity and becoming to the forefront, at least on from an economic standpoint. I don't believe so. Yeah. Right now is hands down the best time. And I would argue that a few years ago was the best time. We're kind of on a little uh, bit of a downslope. Really? Um, but I would say probably between 2005 and like 2016 was where everything was at its peak in Pinnacle. Yeah. And, and the problem now is that the market's been becoming so saturated that you have people buying fewer games because they already have a beefed up collection from the, you know, right. 10 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So the, the market's slowing down. And then you also had big companies buying out a lot of the small indie companies mm-hmm. that are popping up. And so uh, the market's kind of just turned into Consolidated, a few giants sort of. who just push out a few games here and there. Yeah. And now it's more consistently releasing, like, here's version two, version three and, of a game. Right. And expansion mm-hmm. packs exactly. and that well, like of, the money makers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we were at the Comic-Con... And I was like, oh my gosh, how many versions of Munchkin do I need? <laughs> yeah. Remember what that guy said? He's like, so we literally have the whole, almost the full store of that, or like half of yeah, it. Yeah, where half of it is all different versions of Munchkin. It's like, that's crazy. That was crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so then there, there's a certain genre out there of gameplay and, and game geeks who like collections, who yes. probably only buy all of the munchkin different sets or all of the different cards sure. against humanity yeah. or monopoly know, so i mean that's all they big. Go, there are a lot of versions of that yeah. right life clue they keep doing different versions so some people might that might be a beloved game and so they buy every version that's available mm-hmm. that's insane hmm. I don't know anybody <laughs> how many versions of monopoly do you have <laughs> how many star wars monopoly that's what i'm saying oh. <laughs> there's got to be at least six or seven yeah, star wars clue star wars family feud star wars monopoly yeah we can <laughs> well yeah I mean you know 
everybody sort of collects things. Not everybody, but collecting is big now yeah. and gaming is big. So it's kind of like they go, they can go together. And, and, and the cool thing is, is like, what's really interesting is how many new types of mechanics are out there now that weren't around. And so even a lot of people fill out their collections with, I have one game from each major mechanic type. And they just choose their favorite of that, and that way it's like, oh, I want to play a deck building game. I can bring out a deck building game. I want to build. I want to play a euro game. I can bring out a euro game. Okay, or so there's different genres. Because I was going to ask you what yeah. what you meant by me different mechanic, mm -hmm. different basically style of uh, gameplay, or yeah, and it, it's most of the style of gameplay. And, and there's some major shifts, and then within those categories, there's you know smaller little groupings. But a lot of people prefer to have just a range for the most part, and I think that's one of the big uh, things, one of the big trends in, in most people's collections. It's like filling out your collection. What what mechanic are you usually missing in your board game mm. uh, closet? So when you have someone coming over, and, and it's a lot of them too. Like for example, the big split difference is you have American games and Euro games, and uh, most American games are very cutthroat. You're all against each other. There's only going to be one winner, mm, right. uh, but it's usually you're stealing from other people or you're at each other's throat most of the time. And Euro games is very much you're kind of playing for victory points. You're not really going and harming another person. You're kind of playing around them to beef yourself up. So it's a lot of not very direct conflict. <laughs> um, so it's it's really interesting. Uh, you have people doing all kinds of I don't know. I'm. Silly question, but I'm sure you're familiar with Forbidden Island. Yes. Like that, yes. where everybody kind of has to work together in order to... Kind of. So uh, I'm trying to think of a, when that, uh, one of the big basic ones. I would say uh, Worker Placement Games is a great example of a Euro game. Um, so Worker Placement is you have... Uh, I'm trying to visualize board right, in my head. Yeah. Um, but you basically have uh, a region where you're placing... Uh, workers essentially, and you only have a, a limited pool of workers mm -hmm. to do a specific task, right? But once one player puts that worker on the board, that specific task is now occupied, so no one else can play it. So you're not directly stealing from someone else, or you're right. not directly conflicting with someone else, but you've just impeded other people okay. to, for your own gain. Or like Catan is is mm -hmm. is uh, more. It's probably the bigger Euro game. Same right. with uh, Ticket to Ride. I've actually heard, heard of Catan. Yeah, and when Ticket to Ride, it seems like those are really popular. I mean, <laughs> I, most people that would play like a, a normal, I don't know if you would call them normal, but like your typical board games like Life, Clue, that <laughs> kind of stuff have been picking up Catan and Ticket to Ride. Which is interesting because both of those are... are very much Euro games mm -hmm. in, 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 that, in that basis. Sort of cooperative play or at least more friendly <laughs> no, it's play. It's not necessarily not cooperative. Really. It's no. just indirect competition. Okay. You're not directly... Everybody's got their own goal. Yeah. And, okay. It's not kind of, I'm out to get you and I'm going to destroy all your things. Yeah. <laughs> a thing where like that like Munchkin game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Munchkin's more cutthroat yeah. than, than Villainous though because Munchkin, you can really... F with you people. can really stick it to someone, yeah. Or the, the big one too with Euro is, is there's no player elimination usually. So it's not like, oh, you're out of the game for, see ya, yeah. talk to you in 30 minutes, you know, since yeah. the game wraps up. It's, it's you play till the end of the game session and everyone's mm -hmm. playing together until then, which is a benefit in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I could yeah. see that. I've been in a few game situations where I'm out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> see you in half an hour. Go grab a cold yeah. one and yeah. watch, uh, watch a little TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, could, could you run through the, like you said, the five, was it five major mechanics? What would be uh, the... Well, there's several different ones. Usually there's a hard split down the middle between Euro games and um, Euro games, American games, or as a lot of board gamers 
coined them Ameritrash games. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but because the, the main thing is like usually it's it's basic mechanics, and then you have um, the tabletop genre has become its own beast in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but Euro games, there's several different mechanics. Usually that's where you have uh, deck building games, a lot of strategy most often, um, indirect competition. Where American games nearly always are random chance. Die is involved usually, draw the card. It's usually always random and pretty cutthroat most of the time. Okay. Most of the time. Okay. Um, but those are at least the major ones, and there's eons and eons of categories within those um, mm -hmm. between grand strategy and all kinds. So it, it's a little bit easier to talk about more of the specific games, but I would say those three categories, and then um, those are the general overarching traits of those okay. three major ones. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I was thinking that, uh, you know, on the one hand, you have board games, the sort of traditional board games, and then on the other hand, you have kind of the uh, role-playing games where you sort of put everything into it yeah. and get... And tabletop games are kind of a middle ground, really, mm -hmm. between those two worlds where there's more imagination, there's more visualization. Uh, I mean, is that, what's what makes a tabletop game different than a board game? Um, I think a tabletop game is a lot different from a board game because it adds, um, it's not just contained in one box. And that's the big, the big key difference. As most tabletop games, you are building essentially your own board, right? You don't have, for example, Warhammer, most often you don't just get like a starter kit of Warhammer. Usually you're getting bits and pieces and you're building up your own army, you're building up the board to play the game rather than buying one box, setting it up and playing. Um, and then there's, with most tabletops, you have the RPG elements where you're getting a little bit more involved. Um, where I think board games are the best because it's set it, play it, yeah, everything's contained within that box. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have you know the opposite end of, of just role play where you have your books and you can just survive with that alone. And, and what's interesting is that there's so many your dice. Yeah, and your dice. And your dice, you're right. Sorry, and your dice. Every bag of die. Um, D&D, &D, is that what you guys are talking oh, about? Yeah. Referring to? Ooh. <laughs> Let me some D and D, but it's really interesting because in in modern in modern terms you have such a blend between those. Like um, for example, uh, one of the games I brought today, Kingdom Death Monster, uh, it very much emerges into that tabletop category while also hitting RPG elements. You can bring some role playing into the game, but it but it can just be played straight out of the box as a board game. So there's a lot more that are kind of. You're talking about that the, the massive, massive, <laughs> massive box, box behind. Petty. It's called Kingdom Death Monster. Monster is yeah. Kingdom Death the company or is Kingdom it all Death the title? is is the is the brand uh, that's under and Monster is that specific board. Game. It looked like it had kind of a Cthulhu type of creature on the cover. Is that is that wrong? You're <laughs> uh, smiling. No, it's 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 called the Watcher, but it's a um, it's a very big in depth world uh, that. Was created by a man named Adam Poots, but it's also one of the most successful Kickstarter um, board games. Hmm. Uh, so it, I forget the exact number, but it broke the record for. Uh, wow. And which is actually interesting because it broke the record first for most funded Kickstarter. Um, and each one of those boxes was $400. So if you think about like people wow. like just dumping money into yeah. And then that's not including just all the expansions and everything. Yeah. And uh, is that the ba the starter set, the basic? That's kit? that's just the base. That's like what you the need to get started. Like, <laughs> like three and a half feet 
yeah. yeah. 17 we're gonna, pounds. We're going to have to take a picture of it to show, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll show, show our it. listeners. Yeah. But that's that's just the base one. But that it's interesting because like that one was here you're merging to different genres with an interesting theme and has such a huge buy-in, yet it was an extraordinarily successful Kickstarter. Huh. And then now even the, the most funny Kickstarter was uh, Critical Role's recent Kickstarter, which was a, it's a D, group of D&D players where they were just making a small uh, animated kind of like short TV series based around their D&D game. And that is the world record-breaking Kickstarter right now. It's like the actual of... animated series. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, it, but it, was, it was funded by a D&D group. That, it's, that's huh. their whole entire... Which it's great. Like wow. board games have even taken over most of the the crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. But well, because there's another one that that we found out about from Kickstarter, Unstable Unicorns. I love that game. It's so <laughs> and, much fun. And I think that's in the top fifty from Kickstarter <laughs> as far one, as yeah. being funded on there. And I heard about it through another company that uh, I don't know if I should endorse or not, but we're wearing a couple of their T-shirts tonight, and they had sent me an email. You and I, at oh. least. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll just say, I got Teacher on. <laughs> sent me an email a couple years ago and said they were doing this game, and I checked it out and I really loved it. It was the only thing I've ever backed on Kickstarter. Oh. Something about it owns, spoke to me. Uh, T Turtle owns the game. The, and are the artists worked oh, work yeah. or works for T Turtles? So I just I thought it was a fun game. It was, you know? yeah. it was it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like that one. But that's interesting because I, you know, yeah, who would have thought these games would get blown up on Kickstarter, but right. they really are. And now you can find it at Walmart. Yeah, you can find it at Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, and all the bookstores, Barnes and Noble. Target and stuff. Go on down the line. You Which one? Oh, Unstable, Unstable Unicorns. Yeah. 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 They have Obama expansion. Yeah. Start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to mention one of our uh, listeners, Jen, that uh, commented on our post that I had made about Target and how many games that mm-hmm. they're selling now. It's mm-hmm. like... Crazy. You know, it's obviously become so very mainstream. You know, people are playing games. More people are staying home and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, playing games, obviously, because you see them everywhere now. I'm perusing the clearance aisles all the time for new games. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Target, like, they put it out there for a little bit, but then when they put it on clearance, it's like, you know, the last couple of games that I got, I think I posted them on the VTS site, was Visitor and then this Shadows in the Forest, and they're so cheap and it's so fun. Much fun. They're fun they're really little fun games. Interesting. You know? They really are. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it just shows, too, it's, games aren't just for kids. Look at mm-hmm. all these uh, adult-themed games. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think that was, like, the major shift, because you had, like, all the classic games. So I think of, like, my, like, 50s, 60s, and some even a, a little bit prior. But most of them revolve around adult problems, for the most part. And, like, kids can get involved with them. Like life? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, um, but, like, <laughs> Monopoly, right? Like, yeah. Clue? Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. That, yeah. Not so much Clue. Uh, but all those major games were so adult-oriented that I think they stood the test of time because adults were into them and they would teach mm-hmm. their kids that. And then you were playing with a group of adults. Whereas you had, like, the golden age between the 80s and 90s, which are most of the people now buying board games. But that era... All the games were geared for kids. Right? It was toy designers coming up and designing mm-hmm. the games, yeah. and so you had, you know, all these parents buying kids games for their kids, and then kids would play, play them, play them, destroy them. Most of the time. Was, right. the, was it catapults and oh, crossbows and crossbows and catapults? Yeah. <laughs> love that game. <laughs> I love that game. It was so a great game. It was so hard to you make. Basically, just you know, like you else? build like walls and you just destroy them with either a crossbow or a catapult. It was great. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to give you No, no, I mean, well, it came with like little yeah. heroes and monsters yeah. too that yeah. you could set up you there. Set and, up and, you could um, take them out, and it was great. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was one of them. Uh, but like, I think that was one of the big things was you had this trend where everyone was buying games for their kids, and specifically a kid culture kind of a thing. Yeah. And then now it's very much in the adult space and they're making games like here's the adult games and here's some that you can't play with families. You can't play with kids. Um, which I think is maybe it's just that generation like where they made the games for us as kids. And now it's kind of, we're now going back to it as, mm-hmm. as a kind of re-explore and they're re-releasing. But what do you mean? Kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> do, you, do you think the push, you, when was that? Maybe five, six years ago when they even had commercials on TV for family game night. Mm-hmm. Do you think oh, when yeah. that push to have family game night, do you think that helped I really armed I, the industry? I think, I think that really helped it. Um, you had a bunch of really big things coming off uh, at, the, at the same time. And I think that's why it just kicked off. You had Kickstarter where people were able to finally get their ideas out. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, YouTube was a big... Uh, big influence. Uh, you had Tabletop with Will Wheaton and hit that show. Yeah. Got a ton of people interested right. in, in yeah, games we that were just that, coming yeah. out. And then in Europe, Europe had been developing new games for quite a while. Where America, we were kind of just playing the same ones over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like Ticket to Ride was being developed and you had um, uh, pretty much Catan, all the staple Euro games we usually think of. Those were already kind of being were played in Europe and kind of brought over as soon as it kind of kicked off in the States again. Mm-hmm. And so it all those things really just kind of push the gamer space in a, in a better way. Advertising for game nights, Kickstarter, YouTube in itself for the advertising. Right. Um, I think people were just getting interested in it again. It was it was something that you know you'd see kind of you go to the board game aisle, you see something new and interesting with a cool theme. Because we we see like Monopoly, but everyone's like, okay, it's a theme of Monopoly. We all know how to play Monopoly. Right. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have anything interesting. Um, but right now you, you look at the box and you want to buy every yeah. game you see. They all yeah, sound, they sound really, really intriguing. Good, yeah. They mm-hmm. all sound very you know yeah. cool the and artwork's fun. Usually the incredible. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned YouTube though because I think that has been such a big help, especially with any of these new games. And like when I first got into Munchkin or any of these games that I'm not used to playing, mm-hmm. being able to find tutorials on YouTube yeah. and and game playthroughs, I thought that was that was a huge help. Yeah, whoever thought that we'd want to sit and watch videos of other, other people, people playing, playing games, but it's fun. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we like to watch other people play video games. Yeah. True. You know, and it, it's helpful, yeah, to it learn is. a new game. We watched a video, uh, the first time we've ever watched a video to learn how to play a mm-hmm. game to, to for Villainous. That seems like another question we can bring up later. Uh, do we really like watching people play video games, or do we like it because we used to have to all the time, taking turns? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Put our quarter up yeah. and wait. Yeah, exactly. yeah, because yeah. you're like sitting there, like get interested in what they're it's doing. It's ingrained in us. <laughs> I strategies, or I liked to watch so that I could know what to expect. So I, then, I agree. I thought, okay, I so agree. right around here, this thing pops out, and then over there, I got to be ready yeah. for that. Yeah. So it was kind of like a little way to cheat. Tell us again why you like to watch. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Back to again. gaming, though. Once again. But so even, like, says. even YouTube, you, you had, um, and I think uh, Geek and Sundry was one of like, the big ones that kicked it off. Uh, Geek and Sundry? Is a, is a channel that kicked it off. It kind of has shifted under different management over the years, but um, it was Will Wheaton's like 
Baby with Tabletop. Oh, okay. Um, and that was one of the, Tabletop was one of their shows. But even starting on that, you had this huge revamp in, in Dungeons and Dragons, which came about with Critical Role. So Critical Role, um, it's Matt Mercer, really famous voice actor, and, and uh, a bunch of his friends, Laura Bailey, Travis William, uh, Liam O'Brien, and uh, really prominent voice actors, uh, Sam Regal. There's several, but uh, their their D&D game kicked off into this phenomenon where uh, basically, um, think about it, each one of their play sessions is four hours, and they have over, I think they're now at almost 300 episodes, wow. and people watching, like I said, it's the most back That's Kickstarter. 1,200 hours yeah. of gaming. Mm. <laughs> and and they have the most funded Kickstarter. Mental man. You know, it, it's... it's <laughs> It's crazy how big they've become, and they've even wow. released their own Dungeons and Dragons themed sets, and it, it's it's turned into its own industry. But you can it's it's just crazy because it started with just small YouTube videos of them just getting together playing D and D into this massive industry wow. that's kind of brought D and D back. So Ross, when you think about it, Bob just said, that's the same amount of time <laughs> that, that game would take to play that three hundred yeah. episodes yeah. Yeah. or more. Yeah, that one's well. That, well, that one takes so long because you keep having to restart. Also it, true. Yeah, yeah. You, you explained a little bit yeah. to me uh, a lot. Yeah, you, oh, Chris. Talking about monster again. That's what you guys are referring to. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So, uh, how many people play that game? That's a four-player game. Wow. Just four players. Wow. Four hundred dollars for that's a hundred dollars. You want to buy in on that game? You got a hundred dollars just to sit at the table. Annie up. That's some Which I guess is nothing in Vegas. I mean, you know, people pay that for all kind of games on the strip. And then he's going to a show. (laughs) But it's really interesting because like that one, my friend, uh, my best friend Will Feist, like uh, it's it's gridded. The whole board's gridded. And so you can almost play via like chess over the internet you can just say hey okay. i'm moving this character to here so it's one that you could set up a table in your room and play with your friends across the country with oh, wow. you know which, which i think is, is kind of nice and precious that it, it can tie people together even though you're like, yeah way far away playing a board game together just huh. so bizarre but. <laughs> that was one of the other things that we we're talking about the socialization aspect you know with mm-hmm social media and everything and people kind of getting away from human interaction this is one way to actually bring mm-hmm. that human interaction back and i think that might be something why it's 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 growing too because people are you know they want that interaction they want to be able to i agree sit down with another human and yeah play <laughs> <laughs> no i, I hands down vanquish agree. them which is like yeah, yeah. vanquish them yeah. cutthroat <laughs> yeah. no there's obviously yeah there's uh, something i mean for five thousand years we've been uh yeah. playing games you know against one another or with one another and mm-hmm. so yeah there's that uh that Human family ego. aspect yeah. Yeah, they'd be playing games with me at work all the time <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. <laughs> it's not a joke, but they'd be playing games with me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> so what, uh, besides Monster, what are you playing right now? What am I playing right now? Well, I've been trying... Yeah, or should we say, what are you not playing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I've, I've been really busy um, doing art things recently, so I haven't had a ton of time to play some of the newest releases. Um, but... Last game, my major game I played was Dungeon Dragons. Uh, but besides D&D, which is usually fairly constant, um, I'm playing some of the Legacy games, which is something I've been really getting into. Um, so Legacy is this new genre of mechanic. Uh, I think it was helped develop, and forgive me 
if I'm wrong on this, but I believe it was Roblo who kind of des designed uh, the Roblo. Yeah, um, I think he's the one who designed. Mm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, All right. <laughs> you're not. But you're not yeah. legally bound. But yeah, you know. By um, but if <laughs> also but people again, might be angry at you. Yeah, exactly. That's wow. what I'm saying. Commenting. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but I believe. If I'm not mistaken, he's the one who designed it, but it's uh, basically um, uh, a mechanic where it's a usable board game. Once the board game's gone through and done, it's done. You can't go back and replay it. So it's, for example, um, one of them's over... About one of them. You mean like a disposable? Yeah, so it's... Is that, it, this? No, 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 not that. Where is the War of the Rings? Uh, no, it's... Oh, it's over there. Never mind. It's... Uh, so, oh, I see. Do you want me to go get it? Yeah, if you don't... Because it's really interesting. I can show you guys... Like, I'm going to be off camera for a second. Not that you care. <laughs> um, but it's just really interesting. It's, like, it, it's a little bit easier visually. But it's a usable board game, which is, from a concept, it's really hard to picture. Oh, so, pandemic. Yeah, so have you guys play, have you ever played Pandemic before? No, no. Never. So yeah. it's an iconic another Euro game. Um, oh, sorry. Okay, it's Matt LeBlanc and Rob DeVoe. I'm sorry, oh. Rob DeVoe. I was like wrong. Matt LeBlanc from Friends. Okay. Uh, anyway, so so different than Rob Love. Yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Um, anyways, uh, so it's really interesting because, like, for example, you have the rule book. But then the rule book, the rules will change. So depending on what happens in the game, you'll put stickers altering rule sets in the game. Uh, and then on the board, so like right here, so like these will be secret cards. So as scenarios unveil, you actually will take out new cards to play. It's like an advent calendar yep. if you're just listening. But then the it's crazy like, thing is though, if a character dies, you tear the car up and they're done. They're gone, period. Or like for example, on Pandemic, uh, you might have a region on the board where it's it's dead and gone, and you cannot go to that area again. Ever again. Yep. So there's a few different ones. So they have Pandemic. Uh, they also have Risk. So the Risk one's interesting because if you nuke an area of the board, yeah. that area is gone. Oh wow. It's no man's land. No one can touch it. Okay. Um, so it's like bringing a new spin to yes. these old games, making them a little bit more uh, put. Giving you a, a few more stakes. Kind a few of, more stakes. Uh, yeah, and but I think what's so cool is that it's it's one and done. So you make so there's these events and scenarios where it becomes even more high tension because it's like oh my gosh, this character might die. Do we save this character? Or do we let him die? And then if right. they die, you're tearing up their card. They're gone. No one can play as that character again. They're out of the storyline. They're gone. I don't think I want um, to tear up a card I paid for. But I think that's the thing, though, is because at the end, you have this beautiful... I mean, this one's brand new, but you have this beautiful marked-up board where everyone's experienced this game together, all these stressful situations. So you can, like, talk about it, and you're like, so, oh, remember uh, when this happened? And you're like, oh, remember Mexico City when we got out and did this one thing? Oh and so I think God. it adds this really interesting it's kind of role play. A, it's almost like a homemade game kind of thing. Yeah. That you just, yeah. Actually, we're going along the whole time. Um, and, and so, like, my friends and I, we, we've done one of the Risk ones, and I haven't been able to, to play through this one yet, but, like, everyone signs the board at the end of it, and it's just, like, we've kept it as just, like, a memento for, like, those game sessions, because it just... Continual and last. Oh wow! Um, it's an cool. interesting concept. Oh, wait, oh, sorry. Yes, but yeah, this one, this just came out. Um, uh, hmm. More, uh, I'm trying to think of. I think there's up to season three now for Pandemic, but uh, there's several other legacy games that they've come out with where they're taking classic board games and adding that kind of oh. one and done and then playthrough. Once the game's over, you just. Put it all in the recycle bin, and that's the end of it. Yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of people frame it. A lot of people take it like a puzzle. I mean, like all the completed. you got game pieces, you got dice, you got. There's a lot. There's, there's a lot of for stuff. For some in that of box. them, for like for this one example, for example, you can still play it, 
though it's going to have very altered rules. Mm. But you still can play it as if you okay. were playing it like a normal board game. Um, and I know some of the more recent ones, they've added it where it's even more so like that. You could just pick it up, play it again if you wanted to, or you could use the special varying rule sets. I think to prevent the, the waste of, well, that's done. <laughs> yeah. you know. So. Yeah, that's so final. Hmm. I, I, I really like but, it. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, can you imagine how intense it would get? I mean... Well, yeah. Six, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tempers would flare. Yeah. So, anyways, I just got the uh, the betrayal house on the hill uh, oh. version of it, oh, okay. and that's when I'm. It, it's haunted house, spooky, yeah. scary. Yeah. Um, see, that that's when I'm excited to, real. to be diving into. See, my son wow, just yeah. got into Arkham Horror. Oh yeah. So he's he's learning the yeah. mechanics of that and trying to the. I forgot which version it is. Mm-hmm. So because I guess there's three it's or four a, different yeah. versions. So he got whatever the big box one was of, of that but he's it, trying to learn that was it mansions of madness by any chance mm, it might have been that's a really good one that's a really good one and that's an interesting yeah. one too because it has a digital app that tracks a lot oh, of stuff yeah, for yeah. you mm-hmm. so it makes it oh. did you ever play one of those any of those one night games we did yeah. one of those those were interesting like the ultimate werewolf yeah like we a... did i think it was one night with aliens okay the alien yeah. one mm-hmm. yeah oh i want to do the werewolf one i keep seeing it at cons and yeah it's I'm, what I are we can bring about? it i have a copy of it um, <laughs> how would you explain that game i mean it's... uh it's usually they call them uh we have the exact terminology but it's intimidation or um betrayal mechanics but it's it's uh intrigue oh that's mm-hmm. it it's intrigue it's all an intrigue game uh because it's you have you know one mystery person trying to blend in with a group of right, people yeah. it's like mafia um, yeah and, and all of it's a variant of mafia right that that's region. what i've gathered from it so it's like with the werewolf one somebody or a couple of people are werewolves in the group and you're and trying you to figure, to out. figure it out it was just weird because you play it with the people. app mm-hmm. and you're like okay everybody has to stand up and now everybody close your eyes oh and see now, i'd love to try you know this person and this person open your eyes yeah. and do this and it's like so but it's all all based on the phone yeah it was okay. there was an app that but you know. even have some board games now that half of it is digital which is so interesting because you, you think like board game we're getting away from this digital nature and then we're bringing this digital aspect in to assist so you have um i think the first bigger one was uh um, the XCOM game based around the, the video game Alien, series. Yeah. Um, but they, the XCOM board game, you need to use a digital device in order to play it because half of the prompts come through digital device. You'll have random events popping up through there. Mm. But then some games like um, Mansions, of Mad- uh, mm-hmm. Mansions of Madness or uh, the Star Wars one down there, Imperium Assault. Um, oh, that's over here. Oh, over there. That one now has a digital app too, which helps assist uh, general light, even ease of maintenance essentially. really. So it... Uh, like you can keep track of characters or cards that are occurring just to make it a lot easier to not right. you know, saving stuff between game sessions. Yeah, but it's that's just handy. It's just interesting with this digital integration back in the board games. Well, I'm sure there's going to be, or if there already aren't, I'm sure there are. I mean, like Disney is doing this, uh, what is the new thing called? Inside or uh, Lego? Not, oh, not the, Disney, oh, the, the Lego, Lego. The hidden, yeah. yeah the, the hidden. I mean, ha- how far are we away from when you're playing a game where, you know, you do your your turn and then you with your phone you see some action play out in augmented reality you know true. i mean it's true i'm it's sure close to be somebody's pretty... working on it right now <laughs> but i, what I find yep. interesting i forgot the year exactly i know it's late 80s but there's a game called omega virus it was one of the first digital integration ones because it's you're moving characters on the board but the um the omega virus the bad guy uh it's just controlled by a very simple speech box in the middle and it basically keeps track of where things are occurring and you just enter situation codes like, okay, enter into this room. Is it here? 
or is it here? And so you have this digital integration where it's saving and mem mes ah, memorizing uh, what items you've picked up or other things, yet it's keeping track digitally from the 80s and it's, you know, half of it, is, its own players are controlled just by that speech box rather than figures on the board. So it's, it's interesting, like we had that and then kind of got away from it. Now it's kind of coming back with some yeah. of these games. Oh, what is that called? Omega virus? Omega virus. It's a oh. really fun one. That sounds cool. <laughs> the minis are huge on yeah, that yeah. one. They're gigantic. Oh, like actually cool. full size. Cast rubber too. I think it's plastic rubber. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gigantic. Sweet. All robots. That's great. Speaking of those uh, those integrated ones, remember those unlock games? Those uh, escape Oh, rooms? yeah. We those played a few fun. of those. Yeah. those. Those are fun. But I mean, they're also a one and done. So if we got them for like 12 bucks or something like that. 10 yeah. bucks, like you get them on sale. Yeah, I saw them on clearance at GameStop mm -hmm. for and pretty cheap. It's a good, it's a fun night to play with. And but like, but it, then it's over with. That just seems like a waste to me. But I think at the same time, you know. Know. At the same time, you can pass it on to, saying, yeah. to other yeah. to Oh, other that's true. I guess it encourages that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. More, more so than anything. When you're done playing with it, pass it to somebody, they play it, they For pass sure. It and that's, yeah. I mean, I think Nobody's I got like, just throw it in the right. garbage. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, I, I think we failed at the one we tried to play. Oh, God. That was hard. That was really <laughs> it was like tough. a pirate one. It was the hardest one, and I didn't know. It was just on sale, and I... It looked fun, and we, we did not make it through Cutthroat Island or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, that was a tough one. But it did give that impression of escape room. Though. Oh, it did. It like There was a lot of panic and just like mm -hmm. trying to beat the clock and yeah, find out tough. the clues. And But, I mean, it had that digital aspect. Yeah. Too, yeah, which, yeah. Was, which was really neat. It was very helpful. What about all of the expansion packs? Oh. <laughs> oh, Got to pay to play. <laughs> They yay, got me yay or nay. I know, hey, when I, well, I'll save it for the end, but when I talk about my favorite game, you already know I'm suckered on that one, so all the expansions. In my opinion, <laughs> I think, honestly, for me at least, I've come to a point where I feel that you should play the most out of you can out of the original game before buying an expansion. Yeah. Because the problem is you have, you just buy, like, get the game, you get all the expansions at once, and then... You play the game a few times, but then he kind of dies on you. And so you don't really pick up the expansions that right. are in. Right. Or sometimes you're adding so many mechanics that no one really wants to play. You're just, right. you know, oh, yeah. here's the game. And here's all these other things you have to learn at the same time. Well, yeah, right. those things are meant to enhance the game yeah. after Once you, you become, break, yeah. bring a new life to the game yeah. after you played it for a little bit. I, think, I mean, I, you know. I mean, that's, that's I think what it's supposed what to think. be. But mm -hmm. sadly, I think it's it, a lot of the trend is I need to own all the things Everything. for this thing. Because people know? are collectors now. Yeah. And mm -hmm. everybody, you know, I'm not one to talk, but... That's what, you know. <laughs> or they think None that, of us are one to talk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or like, I think a lot of the opinion, too, is that their game experience is going to be uh, somewhat tainted because maybe there is one expansion that has a little bit of quality of life, you know, uh, rule set that's going to add to the game. And so they need that. And they then, can't oh, miss out on that. I want this other interesting thing, so I want to get that in the right. game, too. And, and it just kind of adds. And I'll be honest, I'm, I'm guilty of it. You know, I, I, I've bought several expansions, and haven't even touched them or opened them but yeah. you know <laughs> I well think that, that's true we bought the expansions for a unstable unicorns we bought control and chaos we have yet to play them mm -hmm. and we bought them oh, like really six months ago oh, i want to okay. say yeah. a while ago oh. yeah so i'm guilty of that all the different little packs for unstable unicorns the not safe for work and all those the dragons 
And then... Llamas? Oh, my gosh. The llamas. <laughs> uh, what, what else? Cards Against Humanity. Oh, yeah. Virtually oh, yeah, every pack those, yeah. they have on that. And I've worked hard to mix them in, though, so yeah. that they're spread throughout, like they're peppered. But we have, I think, every single expansion pack that's made for and it. And I hope we don't have every and then there's We some... pretty much do. Well, I mean, yeah. like, even then, there's some that are so exclusive. Like, the uh, Cards Against Humanity releases uh, expansion packs for the TAM convention every year. Mm -hmm. So, like, even, like, tiny little conventions that have nothing to do with board games, yeah. they release little expansions here and there and release yeah. them. So it's, like, it's so impossible to get... To, get <laughs> to be a completist. Right. Yeah. 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 But, man. Crazy. Oh, Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, with the expansion, what do you think one of the hardest things as a gamer is, like accessory-wise, just buying extra stuff, storage, consolidation, storage. What is, I think storage. storage is do, a do we have to go out and buy one of those amazing tabletop games that are so cool that you see at the cons that are like? You mean the table? Oh, like all the, those tables oh, are great. Tables have are you seen gorgeous. some of those custom oh, yeah. gaming tables? They're beautiful. <laughs> Four thousand dollar table. Yeah, I need to build one. I just need to build one. <laughs> yeah, why don't you just? I, I can do it. I can just. I should just build one. Yeah, <laughs> have like bronze trim or anything. You just gonna bronze it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, <laughs> just gonna bronze this kitchen table. Uh, this is my new gaming table. Uh, <laughs> well, I would think the th the hard thing for a pl person would be how to know what game to play next. I mean, That's other true. than just word of mouth and yeah. You know, I mean, you walk into a game store and it's overwhelming. You even walk into Target and it's overwhelming. And it then, really like is. I said, they all look cool. I will say that's the one. If you get Game Trader Magazine. <laughs> well, I think the big thing is, are they a sponsor now? Why are we plugging them? Because I get it because Cosmic gives it to me with my comic books. So. Oh, nice. Uh, I think Hashtag the, get your picks. The, the big one is, is going to board game shops, I think is the big one. Because a lot of board game shops, you have the people who play it often. But then a lot of times, they'll be willing to sit down with you, teach you the game, have some general mechanics. If you go on a board game night, Sometimes there'll be someone there with the game you can play through it. Um, I know there's not one. I think there maybe there just was one that opened up on, on in town. But uh, I know that in some cities there's board game cafes where you can go and they have a mm -hmm. wide col collection of games where you can sit down, eat, mm -hmm. play games with your friends. Yeah. We've we got a, a few. We've got a few open and closed. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. We've got a few open and closed. But, but the one that stayed open is that. What's it called? I'm trying to look at the Meepleville. Is yes, that's the one. Yeah, okay. We're gonna mention them later. Actually, yeah. they're uh, okay. they have an event coming up. So, so. Meeplecon. Uh, um, but yeah. even at like at Cosmic, um, Roland, one of the the managers owners over there at Cosmic, um, they have a lot of the comic book and superhero games, and and he's willing to to show you. You know, and sit down with you and show you how yeah. many of the games work and stuff like that and stuff. So that's what I got. Man. What you? Yeah, YouTube too. <laughs> YouTube but that's YouTube. where I got a lot of stuff for um, uh, my games and you know suggestions and things like that. So. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, you have knowledgeable shop owners, and they uh, mm -hmm. they can point you to to what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Right. And usually, right. generally, like if you go onto like Board Game Geek or some of the other big forums, if you like one genre of games, there's people recommending a plethora of others. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. But I think, going back to what you were asking, uh, I think storage is the big one. And then consolidating the games and then getting rid of them. Like, there's several games that I know I will probably never touch again. And just, they just sit around and collect dust. And Is there a market for, for you know, people buying used games? There is somewhat of a market for used games, but I think it's um, it's fairly small. Like yeah. People like, ooh, new shiny. Um, but... 
And well, I think games are something you put your hands all over all the time. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. I mean, and lots get, of different people. They also get those pieces. They get outdated too. You yeah, have some of them yeah. where it's like, okay, I have version two and version three is out. Why would why would people want to buy you yeah. know, used copy yeah. of the old edition? You know, so right. I think those are the two big ones. It sounds yeah. like maybe we need another episode. I agree. <laughs> to continue talking about. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Games. Uh, definitely, there's lots more to talk. Yeah, about. definitely. There's a deeper dive. We yeah, could we could take. go yeah, into sure. a few specifics if you would like about like. Iconic games over the yeah, and I can bring a few of those in. Yeah, that be, yeah, that'd be, be cool. So, but I think we're nearing our our time here. So yeah, I want to thank you sure. for coming, and I was impressed by your knowledge. So that's why I said I would love to have you again, and we can, <laughs> like you said, dive deeper in. Um, <laughs> we were going to finish up though with. Uh, uh, with just talking a, about do you have a clever name for this or are we just gonna say ah, we're gonna talk about our <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have time, <laughs> no to, clever name. Didn't have time to come up with anything but I'll start Go uh, ahead. <laughs> we just want to talk about uh, one particular game that we like or that we is our favorite or whatever that we are recommending to our viewers awesome. slash listeners uh, Ross have you ever heard of Illimat I have not this is a uh, kind of a card game with a, a board like a cloth board mm-hmm. Uh, but it was developed developed by members of the band The Decemberists. Okay, cool So uh, I love The Decemberists, and they put out some uh, some promos that they were making this game. It's actually been out for a couple of years, but uh, so this is a real fun card game. It's uh, sort of naturey, harvesting and stockpiling uh, cards and whatnot. But uh, it's a lot of fun. By the Decemberists. Uh, I'm not sure where you can find it, but definitely on the Decemberist website. So that's my pick, Illimat. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Frank? Well, I guess I'll go. <laughs> you gotta reach for it though. As he strains his muscles, so those of you something. not watching. You to move? No, I got it. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> is one of my personal favorites to play. This is a. Uh, Epic Spell Wars, uh, Wizard Battles. This one in particular, I believe, is the, was it Skull Mountain? Skullfire. <laughs> Duel at Mount Skullfire. But um, it's essentially, you just, <laughs> you basically build spells and try to beat the person that you're against. And uh, Card-based? Yeah, it's car- all card-based. And, uh, I mean, they do have little... Yeah, little well, accessories to, but it's like well it's just like a little <laughs> cardboard so mountain that you put up there just to, for effect. But it's a card-based game, and it's really ridiculous. They have like I believe like four or five. I think they might be up to five games now, but um, they're all ridiculous, and some of them get raunchy. But this one's not as bad. But each Safe one to has play on an airplane. Ah, uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. But actually, it'd be fine. Looks fun. <laughs> Nobody's paying attention to person played card games on an airplane anyway, right? Uh, but yeah, this is it. This is uh, probably m- one of my favorite games. And um, I don't know if you guys would like me to mention this now, but I have a few two kids games that I brought just they want to share with their families or if you want to yeah. wait on yeah. that now. I'm going to show it real quick. And What you got? Well, one of them is... Uh, Five Minute Marvel. And it's uh, they actually have a five-minute uh, dungeon game, but they did the Marvel version of it, and this one is a lot of fun. My nieces and nephews love to play this, and obviously it's just like it sounds. It takes about five minutes, and your card has a certain amount of powers, and you have 
you're just trying to beat each boss card that they have and it's a cooperation so game, game. <laughs> yeah he's horrible at this game at the dungeon one anyway oh. like, <laughs> I'm just as bad though like I'm one to talk because I'm so afraid to throw my cards down but it's a again it's great it's a everybody works together to try and beat all the, the villains they love this one and then yeah. the last one I have I believe I can't remember if this is a Barnes and Noble's buy it's definitely a clearance buy but it was a Ghost fighting treasure hunters. <laughs> oh, that looks fun. And it is really fun. There's like lots of cool little figures and stuff that you play with, a lot of minis. And you're essentially trying to get the treasures out of the room and defeat the ghosts before the whole... And it's another cooperation game. So, um, but you're trying to defeat... You're trying to get the treasures out of the house before the, the whole house is haunted. Oh, wow. So... It's a lot of fun Looks and cool. it's pretty quick and it plays really quick. So family kids, fun. Fa a lot of family fun. And again, I don't remember if this is from Target or if I got it from Barnes and Nobles on clearance, but I, it was just a real mm. impulse buy and the kids are coming over for family dinner and I needed a game and I Looks picked fun. that up and it was, it's awesome. We it's played it all colorful. the time. It's cute. It is. It is. And the figures are really cool looking too. Like I love the little ghost. Ghost kind of fighting like, treasure kind of hunters. Guys. <laughs> cool. Even the little nice. figures are neat too. They hold the little treasures on their back. Nice. Rick, what did you have? I didn't bring it because it is the bigger geekier oh. box of my favorite game, <laughs> Smash yeah, Up. I'm, nice. I'm hooked. I love that game, and that's you know when you're talking about the expansion sets, that's one of the things that I. <laughs> I don't get all of them, but oh my gosh, like this that last one I saw, it's got sumo wrestlers in it. So how could you not buy <laughs> sumo wrestlers? So Smash Up is you pick two factions. So you could be something as crazy as tornadoes and fairies. You could be sharks and dinosaurs. And you put those two teams together, and that's your that's your team. And you try to um, battle against other people to win bases. So um, that's I, I love it. My whole family loves it. It's become a tradition the past three years that everyone in the family gets an expansion set that kind of fits their personality. So, that's great. so it kind of works. I think you even got <laughs> an expansion set for me, didn't you? Yes, Frank, Frank got us... The bear set, which is one of the best factions oh, to play with. Amazing. If you, you have the bear set. cavalry on your side, you're going to win a lot of bases. Should I do it as a recommendation? Yeah, yeah. do it. Do it. Right. I can grab so, something for you if it's... Um, well, I think... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a few. I'm going to give one Ooh. kids, one group, and then one like you're a hardcore gamer. So confess my word of the ring right down there. So this one is by far my favorite, like, insane one. So if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, uh, Lord of the Ring is by far one of the greatest ones. It's only a two-player game, so it's like you're going to sit down with someone wow. and get to know them. Wow. But one person plays the free people, and one plays the armies of Mordor. And it's basically uh, whoever, either you, de you destroy the free people or you um, destroy uh, the ring. And it's absolutely fantastic. How nerdy do you have to be to play the game? Uh, like, what level of nerd do you have to be? Yeah. Ultra nerd? I will or say, if you can know, a standard nerd, if you play know this game? Lord of the Rings, it makes it thematically well, better. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say, knowing Lord yes. of the Rings, there's it a... makes it thematically better. Um, in terms of gameplay itself, you get really into it because the the tables are so unbalanced, but balanced in a way. So, like for example, free people. When your people die, they're dead. Mordor can keep bringing back 
armies and keep bringing back orcs and summoning and summoning and summoning. Oh, so it becomes yeah. a really interesting battle of wits. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, it's really great because Sauron gets angry and like you're limited on like what he can do because he's trying to find the ring and spending his resources to find the ring and all that. <laughs> it's great. Um, but so I would highly recommend this one if, if you're like a, um, a beer gamer um, for groups. Man. Uh, yeah. uh, for groups. Wow, that's heavy. I would recommend uh, Betrayal, House on the Hill, especially with Halloween coming up. It's an amazing game where you're building a haunted house as you go. So you flip tiles. I don't have one here. I can't find my coffee. I lost it somewhere. Oh, <laughs> I'm no. looking for it for like a month. Say the name um, one more time. Betrayal at the House on the Hill. At the House on the Hill. Um, and it's, it's a super unbalanced game made by Avalon Hill, but it's by far one of my favorite because it's just, it's just fun. It's yeah. not balanced, but it's just fun. Mm -hmm. um, cool. You're building a haunted house. And uh, uh, yeah, I would say those two are like my go-to games of, of any time. That one's adult like... Adult games. <laughs> well, okay, just so... Just games in general. Adult games. For for kids, I think fire, it always goes back to Fireball Island. Yeah. I love Fireball yeah. Island. The original Fireball Island, even the, the new one that they just released, um, is that pretty decent. That one's here somewhere. It's right there. They changed the rule set a little bit. It's no longer as cutthroat as the original one. Um, but it's, there's something about just having a 3D board in front of you that you just can't get away from. It's yeah. just... That looks cool. Fucking marbles, like it's it's great. Um, looks fun. Yeah, it's. But I would I would recommend that for <laughs> if you have younger kiddos and just think for a family game to I'll play. Have to get that for Maddie. I'm sure she'll <laughs> like it. She likes all those Yeti games, Yeti and my spaghetti. And, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> seven up, seven and up. Ages. Very cool. I never played that. That's a that's a classic, like an old. Yeah. So we, that was the original one, like that's <laughs> I got I got to bring that. But Fireball Island came out, I believe, in '89, oh, and okay. it's the first vacuum pressed 3D board oh, wow. that was ever released. And it was by the toy designer, and you guys probably know better than I do. Um, uh, the guy who designed Tickle Me Elmo. Oh, okay. <gasps> Same. He does. He designed that as well, and it's it became world over. It's collector by board games or toy enthusiast. It's it's a gigantic game, and it's actually. Funny because if you look at um, uh, Child's Play, right, the original Chucky movie, okay. uh, it's one of the, in the toy shop. It's like a, being advertised oh, right away. Wow. So if you watch, you can see like them smashing yeah. through and saying like cool. Fireball Islands being tossed to the side. Interesting. It breaks easily. It does. It breaks <laughs> extremely easily. <laughs> Vacuum press boards that are over thirty years old mm -hmm. not, uh, <laughs> don't hold up very well. Patricia. Yes. What you got? What you got? What's your fave? Um, well, another one. I already talked extensively about Villainous. And, you know, it's hard for me. I love games so much. I have so many favorites. But um, another one that we've been playing quite a bit of lately is an older board game called Dungeons. Uh -huh. And for me, it was my very first real kind of Dungeons and Dragon type of game. Um, back when that first all hit, it seemed like it was mostly the boys in my class that were doing that, and so it didn't really appeal to me. And then I kind of missed the boat on it. But I do love dragons and sorcery and all of that, and I love board games, so it just seemed fitting. And we've played it a few times, and I know it's nothing like the real actual D&D, but it's a D&D light. It's a D &D little bit light. like the real D&D. <laughs> it's D&D light. It's and a it's, nice introduction. It's awesome. It's so much fun. And again, we, we had dungeon music in the background. And <laughs> that's we our had thing now candles. when we play a game. Yeah, we, you have oh, music. We set the stage. Yeah. We had candles. Yeah, we did have some popcorn. <laughs> oh 
like and then we had the dungeon music and it just made it like a real cool vibe yeah. and, and you and can play another... one to eight players you could play by yeah, yourself, you play by yourself. Mm. Yeah. with that because it's, it's pretty like, cool each person is doing their own mm-hmm. thing just trying yeah. to accomplish their yes. goal and yeah. get out of the get out of the dungeon but that, that's another one i think that's was from the 80s that mm-hmm. they've just mm-hmm. recently brought back dungeon yeah so awesome and uh, I think yeah. that was, was that the one featured in Stranger Things? I think that was a board they were using in Stranger Things. Was it? I think you're right. Maybe that's yeah. why yeah. it's being released. A lot of people use Dungeon or Hero Quest for their boards for D and D. before like a bunch of the official menus. Oh, I had no yeah. idea. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Leave you with there some you trivia there. <laughs> they're both like they're they're both gridded, right? Yeah. Like, I know the Hero Quest is. I didn't know about Dungeon. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank you again for being yeah, here. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. That was very interesting. Um, Frank, do you have any upcoming events for us? I do. I only have two right now because I obviously left my notes behind. But <laughs> <laughs> there is a tabletop day and a fall clearance sale that's coming up. It's on a Meepleville event. Meeple, and it's at Board Game Cafe. That's yeah. That's what yeah, the that's what we were talking about. Yeah, talking about Meepleville. Earlier. It's yep. uh, mm-hmm. that place. I think it's Deca- the Saharan Decatur. Decatur and area. Yeah. When is that? Uh, Saturday, October fifth. All right, awesome. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna try and do that. And they're, yeah, I've, they're I've been selling. Yeah, trying to get there. You I mean, know, I haven't been to that one yet. So. Yeah, that's. I think what I know of the event because it's been going on for a few years is they try to get rid of any of their old stock or games that just aren't people aren't using anymore at clearance prices. And I think if you are a member of Meepleville, you can have a table there for a price or whatever, and you can sell hmm. your old oh. used games or games that you're not using anymore and things like that. But I've seen people post that they've always gotten really good deals and good good games. You know, people are really good about making sure everything's complete or if it's not, telling you what's missing or, you know, that kind of stuff. That'd be really cool to check out. What's the date on that? Uh, again, October 5th. Oh, okay, so that's October 5th. Maybe we can get out there before then to just scope it out too. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you never know. What else you got, Frank? Um, Another one was Coffee and Comics. Where was that again? That was... Sad. Whitney. Whitney, Whitney yeah, Whitney Library. And that was on September 21st. So, so that's going to be... It's from 11 to 1. So yeah, that's so like this a, Saturday. It's right. a short event, but... That's it's... tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, so when you're, <laughs> yeah, right. when you're yeah. listening or so you're watching, watching this, this on Friday the 20th, this event is in Vegas tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's coming up pretty quick, so... If you guys... At the Whitney Library on Tropicana, right? That's Tropinellis. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Yep, yep. All right, well, thank you guys always for watching. Make sure that you hit like and subscribe. You can find us on all the outlets for your favorite podcast. Don't forget to check us out on iHeartRadio. That's very cool that we're there. Um, iTunes, Podbean, all of them, Google Play, you know the list. Uh, <laughs> check out our Instagram page for exclusives um, and different photos. I was just looking at Rob because maybe he'll talk about it next time. What's that? Your photos and stuff like that. Oh, that you've been doing. Oh, that. yeah. And then uh, you gotta like us. You gotta check out our Facebook. You gotta right. check us out on YouTube. You gotta go to Instagram. You gotta get Vegas Toy Squad on all these things because every different venue has some different Suffer content. Stuff. You want Patty's movie reviews? You gotta go to Facebook. You want Top of the Stack? You gotta go to Facebook. That's right. Thank well, all of you who've been watching <laughs> Top of the Stack because that's been increasing. So thank you guys for sharing that and watching that. I appreciate that. Now we gotta get some folks to comment. Let us know what you're reading too. All right. Anything else? For the good of the order. Thank you, Ross, for joining us. (laughs) Yes. Again, thanks, Jim, for uh, all the goodies. All the the goodies. (laughs) And thanks to our listeners and viewers. Yeah, we appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, so we are VTS, and VTS is...
Out. Out. <laughs>